listener exclusive. Hello and welcome to Two Guys, One Cup Summer Edition. I'm Charlie Clawson and this series is called My Club where we sit down with well-known footy fans and chat about the teams they love and sometimes hate. And this week we have Auntie Donna's Broden Galley. Uh, not the first time on the on the TOEFOP network, but your first time on Two Guys, One Cup? Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, no, not true. You did the grand final show. I was going to say there was a crossover because I'd done um, the boys, the other boys is one. Junk time. Junk time. And then we did the transition over on the grand final, uh, you know, Boxing Day, whatever you call it. I was pissed on the old ciders. And now I've finally been welcomed. I, I'm a genuine fan of this podcast, Charlie. I um, Thank you. I, Thank I've you. listened to it for many years. I think that you don't like Melbourne. Yeah. I've come, I'm actually, I think I've pulled back on my dislike of Melbourne as Will's dislike has increased. Yeah. Like I think Will and I both dislike Melbourne the same amount. And for me, it all comes down to petty jealousy. Like yes. I hold grudges from for a long time. And the, I think it's the 2006 elimination final where we were up at half time and then Fraser Gehrig did his ankle and we got steamrolled and stuff. And I just, I don't know something about that period. And also- That is frequently replayed on Fox footy over the summer, that game. I've seen that once or twice, right. Russell Robertson running a half. That's right. And that game holds a special place in, in my wife's heart because she's not really an AFL fan. But over the course of a couple of years, when we first started dating, I got her into at least the St Kilda side of things. And I went off to a mate's place to watch that final. And, uh, you know, obviously the Saints are up at half time, then we get overrun by the Ds. So I leave my mate's place pretty depressed. And when I get home, like all the lights are out. I'm like, that's a bit early. It's only like only 10.30 or something. <laughs> and I go in, I find my wife like upstairs in bed with like the doona pulled up around her face. And I'm like, what's going on? She's like, how the fuck did they lose that game? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and she said, well, after you left, I got kind of curious. And so I started watching the first quarter and they were up and about. And I was like, oh, this is exciting. So at quarter time, I went down to the pub and got a six pack and settled in. And then they fucking lost. How did they lose? And I'm like, oh, my darling. That's so attractive though. You know, your partner being invested yeah. in your football team. That's huge. But also just on your, hatred is a huge part of football. Right. Uh, and, and hating a team and wanting them to go bad is almost fuels me as much as wanting Melbourne to go well. <laughs> I don't think I should say there's maybe two teams in the AFL who I hate potentially more than I like Melbourne. Um, and I just wish just the absolute, just the absolute worst for them. I, I can name it. Why, what's the worst? Why are you feel, why do you feel hesitant to name them? Because at the moment, this is very unlikely, but potentially someone's listening going, I like Broden. <laughs> as soon as someone's, as soon as I say, and I mean, I, I don't mean, oh, I hate them. I hope they lose. I, I genuinely wish like real dark shit on them. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, my, my advice to you would be, don't hold back on naming the team, but hold back on how much you hate them because, like, everyone yeah, that's, that's, but like that, yeah. yeah, or you wouldn't be able to control it. Is that what you're saying? It would just be- no, no. I, I last year because I'm I have the mem- the uh, MCC membership and I live on the train line to the G. There was a couple of games where this team was losing and it was going to be a horrific loss. So I got on the train <laughs> and went in to watch the last quarter to see it all happen in front of me. The twist on it's Collingwood, okay. and uh, but the twist it they kicked our ass twice this year, like absolutely mercilessly destroyed yeah. us um, in horrible fashion, and the fans quite rightly, were brutal to all the Melbourne people in attendance. And it's, it is my villain origin story going to the two Collingwood-Melbourne games. Like, you know, if I'm ever arrested for doing <laughs> horrible things, I'll bring up those two games. Um, but uh, I don't, you know, I, I have good Collingwood fan friends. And that's why when Brody Grundy was on the table as a potential, uh, you know, coming to Melbourne thing, I was like, even if he never plays again, 
I'm, I'll bring him over because they really don't want him to leave. Bring him over. This is our little win for the year is that we took their guy they like. So, um, but I, I wish them the best. <laughs> the, it, it comes from working at the MCG, really, from about 2007. But I, I feel like saying you despise Collingwood, though. It's a bit like when someone says, oh, I love the Beatles. Like, yeah, of course, fucking everyone loves the Beatles. You know what I mean? Like, is there like a specific, so you say working at MCG, that is the specific kind of genesis of this hatred? It's not like an- I, Whenever I do footy talk, I get into too much detail and I show too much of myself and how <laughs> and my dark insides. But like they are, if I'm going to be fully open, genuinely each AFL club, their fan base- has a slight but genuine different personality. And people know this, and but people think it's, you know, anecdotally they're a bit different. So when you go for one of these bigger clubs who you're always fighting for a seat, there's more pack mentality, it starts to build certain personalities. And Collingwood genuinely wish the worst for people. They call for free kicks on shit that they know isn't free kicks. They want the opposing team's fans to be upset. They cause the most problems. And also, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but yeah, I hated Collingwood when I worked at the MCG and I mainly worked in customer service. So like standing at the front of the long room or, you know, checking dress code. But then the grand final replay in, was it 2010? For some reason, my supervisor comes up to me and goes, bro, you got to go down to B1. Oh, why am I getting sent down to the inner sanctum? There's, what the, what's going on? And I hate Collingwood. And they're like, bro, can you help us move these champagne oh, bottles wow. into the Collingwood rooms? And I literally was in the Collingwood Magpies Premiership Celebration room. That would scar you. I mean, that's kind of like the origin story of Freddy Krueger. Well, you know, his yes. mother was locked inside an insane asylum and was yeah. like attacked by a thousand maniacs repeatedly. He's the bastard son of a thousand maniacs. That's a broken. Yeah, but belly. in this case, it was just the cloak family. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so just quickly, because it's intriguing, you said that every club has a personality. So if I'm just going to throw some teams at you and give me Please. just like just a short summation. So Western Bulldogs, what are their fans like? Western Bulldogs are uh, soul to the earth, but they're not. They're all. There are. They really are just Will Anderson. So I'm one of. You, I'm one of the blokes. They're every gen- man. Yeah, and um, Smith Street Band, they are the trendiest and mar- very marvel very Marvel, very defined by having to go to Marvel Stadium every week and everything that that entails. All the, all the means. It means just no, it's just, it's a shitty venue with no personality <laughs> and it's cold when it's hot and it's hot when it's cold. Like, and the, the, the poor food that's available. Anyway, sorry, go on. Okay, so what are the cats? What are their fans like? The cats are Gorman Cotton On, right? So they're all phys ed teachers. They all have a designer dog. Um, have never really, <laughs> they, they don't have high ambitions, but they're just smashing those ambitions. They're the epitome of Geelong. Gorman, Cotton On, how are you going? The lads, the lads. All right. And perhaps for me, the biggest enigma, Port Adelaide. What's that? What are their fans? No. You wouldn't have seen many of them at the MCJ. I guess. No, but I did grow up in Adelaide as well. With just absolute chaos, just the, 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 just chaos, just <laughs> agents of chaos, just absolute agents of pure chaos. <laughs> <laughs> well, we spent a long time talking about every other team besides the one that I've got you on the show. And let's talk about the demons yes. now. What an interesting year from an outsider's perspective. I'm sure for a, for a, a Melbourne supporter, it was incredibly frustrating. But at that time in which you won 11 in a row, and you seem to be doing it without getting out of second gear. I know what you're like because you're pessimistic and you're <laughs> we're, like, you know, we're, we're of the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the same what? emotional scarring. Yeah, that's right. But did you ever allow yourself to think, holy shit, like this could be an undefeated season? Uh, no, exactly because of what you just said. And I, if I can just say very quickly, Melbourne has one of the worst fan bases in the AFL. I hate <laughs> our fan base so much, Charlie. They're the most entitled Everything you think of Melbourne, they absolutely are. You, we had won 11 games in a row and we were still struggling to get 35,000 to games, COVID involved, but just quiet and just just assholes, a lot of assholes. But um, 
I, this isn't necessarily funny, but I went to the North game at Eddie had uh, what mm. is called Marvel because I've got yep. no life. Marvel. And um, <laughs> that worried me. I started to see things that we're in second gear, but I don't, I, things are worrying me. So when we lost to Frio, I was like, that needed to happen. When we lost to Sydney, I went, this is frustrating, but, you know, we're going to be fine. This is the time for it to happen. When we lost to Collingwood, helter-skelter for me, just burnt, burn it. I was fucking worried. But I kept, you know, as, a, as fans do, you keep finding the optimistic angle every week. It was the Bulldogs game actually at Marvel when I thought there's a core problem here and something's not getting fixed. So by the time we got to finals, I was making a TV show at the time. I think I talked to you about it on the other show, but I wasn't allowed to go to the games and I was kind of thankful because I knew something was coming. I knew something very, very horrible was coming. So it, uh, what I'm saying to you, Charlie, is a, a premiership is very helpful for your uh, self-esteem, but it doesn't, it doesn't fix everything. It's not, it's not a balm that, 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 that cures all wounds. Because that was going to be my next question is, you know, we sort of talked a lot after you saw that drought-breaking flag, and I was just curious to just, you know, give me a little taste. <laughs> like, what's it like? Oh, and you were so, like, exuberant and just over the moon and, you know, you've told me many times you've watched the replay and you can sort of, you know, narrate that, you know, that third quarter change, you know, goal for goal, all that kind of stuff. So sitting there at 11 zip and you're still kind of like, you know, riding high in the premiership and then Fremantle, that was the game. I remember watching that and being like, holy shit, either Frio are the real deal or Melbourne have got the staggers. Mm. And then clearly, you know, it turned out that, the uh, <laughs> that Melbourne <laughs> had got the staggers. But how quickly did that joy of 2021 evaporate knowing that we're, I mean, we were perfectly poised for back to back. We're perfectly poised. Like I remember speaking to my brother-in-law about Richmond winning in 2017 and then dropping a prelim in 2018. And he was like, fuck it. That might be the last time, yep. you know, I ever get to see them, you know, play in a grand final or something like that. I think there's two my, uh, modes of AFL football fan and probably any sport. There's two modes. There's level headed Broden Kelly sitting here in, in November of 2022 level headed, you know, and then there's in the moment football fan. And just like before the 2021 grand final, I was like, just give me one and I'll be happy forever. And I still actually feel like that now. I only needed the one. And I was lucky enough to get one the other day. The AFLW grand final was awesome. I was so wrapped with that. And I feel just so happy for all those all the girls. That was incredible. But when you're watching your team do something fucking stupid over and over and over again, like kick it down the line to Max Gorn when there's three, four tall players on them and they're going, they're going to kick it to Max Gorn. He's going to, we're going to spoil it. We're going to turn it around and go back in again. When you're doing that for the ninth time, you could win a hundred fucking premierships and it still does your nut. When you're up the top, there's a lot of positive talk about you because it's very easy. Yeah, but now there's a new standard. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you do something stupid, oh, they're, they're hard on. And fans, uh, rival fans will never be like, you guys are great and you're incredible and we're so worried about you. They'll just be very quiet about you. You won't see any discussions about how great you are. But when you lose to them, fuck, they're louder. When we were Melbourne Football Club, Mark Neal's Demons in 2013, 2012, when we lost, no one made a song and dance about it, you know? <laughs> when you lose, when you're the 11-win team and you're the premiers, fuck, they make some noise. And that's the worst, is seeing other teams' fans on the train happy. That's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like a lot of your fandom is built around yeah, pain. hatred for other teams. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm truly, you know the difference, Charlie, is I'm honest about it. That's the difference. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there are certain clubs that I get joy out of watching. It used to be Melbourne. Like I used to enjoy watching Melbourne lose. In fact, I think it's shifted. The If we were talking about fan archetypes or, you know, you're talking about, you know, the, every team has an identity. I think what I used to graft onto Melbourne and my opinion of Melbourne supporters has now shifted to Sydney. Oh, right. Because I saw this. I've always loved Sydney. I lived in Sydney, you know, almost like 15, 20 years and had an affection for them. 
But something shifted this year where I started to notice like a sense of entitlement because they've been successful for a very long time. They kind of expect to play finals and they have been like expertly coached and managed and drafted to this point where they're contending again. And I went to Sydney to watch the Saints get pantsed by them earlier this year. And I was sitting amongst these Swans fans and I'm like, I don't like this experience. I, I don't because you're not you, – a lot of you haven't really put in the hard yards. It's not generational with you. Like you're maybe first generation. I'm, I'm incredibly football bigoted. I'm like you are not you're, – you're, you are first generation. You're just fresh off the boat when it comes to AFL and I'm not – let me just be clear. This is not a race thing. This is just when they pick the sport up. <laughs> if you ever get the chance, go to an SCG Sydney game because it's a really unique experience, particularly if you're from, if you're from Victoria – and you go to AFL in Victoria. It's very civilised. Oh, my God. I was blown away. I went this year. We had shows. We had a show the night before and a show after. So I was just sitting around and it was Sydney, Brisbane early in the year. And I went, it was a Sunday or something. I went to an SCG game. And in Melbourne, AFL fans tend to look the same. And when I showed up to this Sydney game, 30,000 or something there in Sydney, it was like I was in the cast of Secret Life of Us <laughs> or something. Like just young, gorgeous, rich people. 10 when the first flag happened in 05 yeah. or what, young, and then another flag in 12, was it? And then just now they're on board and Buddy Franklin and everything. Well, this is what, this is what I mean. You, you brought up before, like when your team's shit and you're getting flogged, no one gives a shit. So I was sitting there watching us be just completely incompetent, just being like, like watching a bully, like hold a nerd's head, you know, and, and just like dunk him <laughs> in the toilet. And the people around me, like, it was just like considered, yeah, this is what we do. We're just a good team and we just like beat up lesser teams. And it sort of aggravated me. And I remember watching um, the prelim final against Collingwood when Collingwood started their run and it put the fear of God into the Swans fans and I was getting more joy out of the camera cutting to nervous <laughs> Swans fans after each subsequent Collingwood goal. But I'm like, see, there's a joint. There is, there a, is joy a joy. There is a joy. But I think it's replaced, like whatever I thought Melbourne were, I don't know where I place Melbourne anymore. Like I don't know where they rank in my kind of. The truth about Melbourne is where all the fan base, it's a big worry. They're all 80. <laughs> That's why we're quiet and that's yeah, why we the, don't the show boomers, up to games. The boomer generation. We're, they're boomers. They're all really rich boomers, yeah. like for the most part. And some of their kids are either living in New York, <laughs> in, you know, like and, and being rich or they're, you know, watching the footy. And there's, you know, there's normal people as well. But they're all going to be gone soon. It's going to be me and Titus O'Reilly and that's going to be it at the footy. Like, Well, and uh, Rob Sitch and Jane Kennedy. There, and there so, you go. Yeah, it's a comedy, yeah, comedy yeah. royalty, really, when it comes to yeah, every, yeah, we've, you've got yeah, the, I'm very low on the rung. Who else is there? Hamish Blake as well. Jesus. Like, yeah, that's right. Jeez, Ryan Shelton. Uh, you guys could literally do your own comedy festival just starring Melbourne supporters and you'd probably sell it out. Yeah, because you need comedy to be a Melbourne fan. But then also the St Kilda lineage, you got Eric Banner. Paul Collegia, um, uh, who else as well? Um, Steve Bedwell. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but we, we could be- Jerry we, Seinfeld. <laughs> we could be the opening act for your comedy festival. Well, it's a specific issue that seemed to come up a lot with Melbourne this year, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, was the forward line never really got going. Like You never got the combination right. It seems bizarre from an outsider's point of view because it looks like you've just got, like, so many options. <laughs> so from your point of view, is it a, a, a question of chemistry not being right, just players not hitting form when they need to, or what? Do you know when you get a sore neck and then you go and see someone um, and they're like, it's because you don't do leg exercises? You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Like yep, you don't, yep, yep. your hamstrings are too tight, so that's why you have a headache. My back hurts. We need to stretch your, your calves. What? Yeah, exactly. It's the same players apart from Tom McDonald. And Tom McDonald, old mate, uh, old mate anti-vax, um, it, it's, he wasn't the problem. It was, uh, he's not anti-vax, he's just uh, anti- Science. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then all that. But um, he, he wasn't the difference. It, it was things all around the ground all of a sudden started to just be a little bit crappier. 
or we got figured out a little bit more. And that was the thing that really clearly showed all our weaknesses because when we got going, they were all the same. Having said that, I'm sitting here watching the draft in front of me waiting for us to draft another <laughs> tall tall player because we desperately but need But do you them. desperately but, need um, them? Because for me, it sort of felt like you were spoiled for choice in terms of like your tall options. It was just a case of you, you – like because Ben Brown took a long time to come into the side and then when he did, he seemed to find form, but then he seemed to lose it again real quick. And it just felt like mm. – I mean, you, you have the right combination of like – uh, bigs, mediums, and smalls, it seems like, <laughs> you know, in a real basic sense. Because I often wonder, like St Kilda had the same issue this year. I mean, we've got like Max King, Tim Membry, you know, Jack Higgins, Dan Butler. Like that is a pretty good, potent, diverse forward line. But I think that there was a, just an issue with system. Like we just, they did not seem to be on the same page. Like two years ago when we made finals, there was, there seemed to be this idea of, yeah, let's just give Max King heaps of room to move in and we'll start the smalls back and then they can just run in and collect the crumbs. But then they were getting in each other's way. Jack Higgins is like 5'10 and he's flying for marks. And and so it, it, it just, I, I saw a lot of similarities. Melbourne was entirely built on the defence thing and then big marks. That was the whole thing. Contested marks. And, and contested midfield as well. And, cont- like, and the contested midfield. And then when they didn't have the ball, they got it back very quickly. But then once that was figured out, it was like, oh, here's how we combat that. All of a sudden it started to reveal all the little problems. But the number one problem for us was fitness which is right. what really scares me sitting here now is we lost the best fitness. <laughs> have you ever heard the phrase fitness guru, Charlie? Yes, I have. <laughs> well, we had one of the gurus yeah. and then his the two IC was in charge. We had 30-point leads. What was it? Well, I forget the number, but eight or nine times that year that we got run over. That's what worries me the most is we were the fittest and then we were the worst. Well, we, I, just before we jumped on, I was just refreshing myself on the Demon season and the last highlights package I watched was the uh, semi-final against Brisbane. Haven't watched that, um, actually. Have you not seen it at all? No, not, no interest. No, I watched it that night. I oh, watched it that night. But yeah, you would, I wouldn't go back and watch it either because that is that is the Broden Kelly 2006 elimination final that <laughs> turned oh, my wife yeah. on football because you were all over them and looked blistering, but it did honestly look like you were out of puff Yeah, because they just seemed to run harder and longer. And there is just a moment, and you probably heard this on the podcast, the regular podcast, but that Jake Lever... Yeah. Brain fade. <laughs> With a minute to go, you're only seven points down and he contests the decision and then takes a, an eternity to give it back and does that weird little hop up up and down. Like, 100%. To me, you know when you're exhausted, your brain stops working? <laughs> like when you're so, you're so puffed and out of breath, like you just start, you're not making like smart decisions anymore. I think that's what was going on. So the optimist in me says short turnaround, came in really hard and then people started to bash us every week. That's something I genuinely, like watching our first premiership, you genuinely see every time you play someone, they're playing their grand final. Um, and by the end of the year, they were just absolutely cooked. And I think, and, and all the, I hope that they were carrying injuries. Well, Pachaka definitely was, right? Yeah. He's had like, was on one leg by the end of the year. Oliver as well, I think. And something was wrong, definitely wrong with Gorn. Oliver plays injured and still gets a lazy 40 touches. I mean, he, oh, how can you not love him? Like, I know Pachaka is the more glamorous of the two. But Oliver, considering too, like my favourite thing is to sort of go back and look at like articles from two or three years ago where they say like, you know, Paddy Cripps is cooked. You know, Clayton Oliver can't kick, you should trade him. <laughs> yeah. Like there's so many people are willing to write off like these top 10 draft yeah. picks. Well, there was huge talk that we were going to trade into the top five. and it's just So what are we happened. at now? What pick are we at? We're at pick uh, 10 and you've just taken Matthias. Oh, excellent. Philippu. Right, instead of Cam McKenzie. Plays like Taron Thomas, mate. Matthias Philippou. Uh, so the, the word on him is that he has freakish game-changing ability, but it's whether or not you can sort of harness that over four quarters. Um, that sounds like an X-Man. <laughs> His game-changing ability. Yeah, he's the gambit. He'll be the gambit. And blades that come out of his hand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I'm actually, I, can't, I think, does it? can you see the leader? Why am I asking you? We're looking, he's elite in inside 50s and goals. 
He is above average in contested possessions and ground ball gets and average in disposals. And did so did Cam McKenzie get taken before him? Because that was Can't the talk. See. I'm gonna we're gonna wait for the scroll. Let me go through them all for you. This is yeah, like okay. really delayed SEN. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Cadman, Will Ashcroft at number at number three, Harry Sheasel, number four, George Wardlaw, number five, Elijah Sata, Satas, number six, <laughs> Bailey Humphrey. At eight for Geelong, Jai Clark, most Geelong name I've ever heard. Yeah, that, that's what I thought too when I heard he was getting <laughs> yeah. drafted by Geelong. Yeah. Number nine, West Coast, Ruben Ginby, which is very West Coast, and then Matthias Philippou, which is uh, Carlton-y, yeah. I would say. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I love him in the Saints. That that sounds great. Yeah, we've had like a we've had a, like a Corkamulus and uh, Sylvia <laughs> Fischini and stuff. We, we, the Philippou will fit in nicely at the Saints. So what about 2023? Like, I, I must admit, and, you know, not to get too inside baseball for listeners out there, but, you know, Brad and I, we keep in touch, you know, particularly during the season. And I thought you were mad at me, actually, because I oh. messaged you. I <laughs> thought, right. what have I done to up? What, did I take a shit on Charlie Clawson's head? Because the night that Rats was shown the door, the tweet came out. Ten minutes later, I messaged Charlie and I said, this has, I'll find the message. Yeah, read them out to me because I, when you, because you, because we eventually did get in touch and you said, oh, I've been messaging you. But when I came back and turned my phone on, I thought it was going to explode, but I don't have anything <laughs> from you. 11.42 PM, Thursday, October 13th. Has to be Ross Lyon. <laughs> Doing little secret behind the scenes deal. Very Ross. <laughs> did you write Ross and the S's with dollar signs? No, I should <laughs> okay. have. That would that, yeah. be, yeah. Um, actually, yes, I did. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then five days later. Of me just toing and oh, what, oh, what, what have I done? It did, what did I say? Um, I just wanted Mark, and then I must have figured out you were elsewhere. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted Mark. I text you about Ross Lyon one hour <laughs> after Ratton got sacked, and and, then I'm, and I'm going to be right. And then I gave up. And then I'm like, he's doing, he's somewhere. And I'm like, it's not me. It's Charlie. Yeah, Whatever I've done me. to him, he needs to get over it. And that's what I love about being the most prominent supporter of a team in your group of friends. Like you probably <laughs> yeah, are. You are the St Kilda guy. Yeah, and you're Melbourne for me now. So it's like <laughs> it's almost like you become an un uh, like a, 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 a unofficial representative. Like I'm in a few WhatsApp chats, and I was asked for comment. <laughs> like when yeah. the news broke about Ross Lyon, it's like Clawson thoughts. I had the same. I, I remember I, like there was one day. I forget. I fucking forget what happened. Something big happened with Melbourne. I think, and I wrote it to you. Even I said like, "Hello, friend." Um, Today I'm taking on a lot of workload because of this. Yes. I'll get back to you at a later juncture or something like yeah. that. I'm taking a lot of ribbing. Yeah, like, yeah, we're experiencing yeah. higher than normal <laughs> levels of ribbing at the moment. Yeah, I thought that was very good. <laughs> we'll get back to you at a, at a later juncture. Now, I won't read your text message because it is expletive laden. <laughs> but fair to say uh, that you were not pleased with how uh, uh, your team fared that night and the lack of positional changes that were made or even um, tactical changes were made throughout the game. Yeah. So what is your hope for 2023? Is it player, um, like personnel related or is it tactics related? It is coach related. Right, you want better assistance. The, the one thing, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but um, <laughs> it seemed like we didn't do anything when the same thing kept happening all year. So I'd love to just see something different that other people aren't ready for because I think they're going to come back fit as, they're going to come back pissed off and the, the, the list is exactly the same and they're all still 26. The only people above 30 are Max Gorn, Stephen May, pretty much, and then Michael Hibbert and um, Jake Melcham. Oh, shit. We didn't, we didn't even talk about that. Fuck, I mean, we're almost at the end of the episode, but let's quickly touch on the, the the Stephen May of it all. Like, I mean, I thought the fallout would have been bigger. Like, something like that happens. But, like, you could not have get, got a more Melbourne story considering Beautiful. that, like, at a Zhuzhi restaurant just off Chapel Street, you know, and they get into a scuffle. But the fact that they were able to even hold it together as well as they did because, you know, like, I've barracked for some absolutely terrible St Kilda teams that fracture over less yeah. than – 
teammates, one teammate mocking another group of players totally. for not being premiership players and then getting into a punch-on. So the fact that they got as far as they did is maybe a good thing. It's one of those, when I heard that story, I was going to be like, if we fall apart, this is 100% the reason. But That was when I think you sent out the automated message yeah. was after that incident. That's when you're getting experiencing higher than normal. Yeah, it was, a bit, it was a big time for us at a, at a fancy French steak <laughs> restaurant, two players bash shit out of each other and one says, yeah. But Max Gorn's whole thing about was that we're a team and we don't talk down about each other and then we, we, you know, we, we don't do the ripping and then all of a sudden the worst possible ripping came out so um my hope is that you know how like the worst things are often the best things so yeah you know it could galvanize you i mean this could be your richmond 2018 yeah this is going to steal us for another two flags that's the hope isn't it that's the hope is that we get we've got one or two more in us but if not it's still fine it's november it's just footy we've got brody grundy <laughs> which i don't know what mean what that means but i'm i'm just very excited i think genuinely being 30 in my 30s now and i've spent well, like from 10 to now just obsessed with footy i think i genuinely get more joy from the hope of a new season and yeah. what's going to happen. Oh, and 100%. Then, then, then the actual season. Reading training reports is my favourite thing to do on Big Footy. Like, just tell me, <laughs> like, who's burning up the track, who's training the house down, who's fitter than the thing. What are the skin folds doing? Let wow, me know all of that shit. There's less, the stakes are much lower Yeah, and it's just all hope and it's fun. It's all potential. It's all potential. Um, we put the call out, Broden, to Melbourne supporters just to see what they thought of the season and, and what's going ahead. Uh, April said she remembers Jared Waitley roast, roasting for track on 360 at the halfway point of the season saying they needed to ensure they made finals. It turns out it wasn't such a silly comment after all. I'm hoping they get their mojo back in 2023. Were you aware of Waitley's foreboding comments about no, Melbourne needing remember. to get their shit together? I mean, look, it sounds like a very Waitley-ish thing to do. Look, I'm not above watching AFL 364 nights of the week every week. <laughs> Um, it's like, Mate, we've made a fucking show out of it. Like, yeah, exactly. if it wasn't for AFL 360, we'd have no content for our show. <laughs> exactly right. What? Yeah, we've got to talk about 360 plus or whatever their little, you know, their Sprite plus fucking Thursday night show. Yeah, no, 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 Robbo, no show. It's, it's Robbo and Jared, or it's nothing. It's a worry. I, Jared is is the guy to listen to, so that's a worry. Um, but uh, no, I did, I didn't clock that. I didn't clock that one. Uh, and then uh, finally, Dub Moisey said, "My favorite thing of the year were the VFL and AFLW flags." Yeah, no, that was oh, in in eighteen months. We've got all three. It's, it, it feels weird putting the VFL one in, the VFL premierships in with the other ones. Yeah. Because it also, because the, the jumpers are so different and yeah. stuff. I did see Luke Dunstan, ex-Saint Luke Dunstan, singing the song with Gusto. And I'm like, well, I'm glad he's found some joy. Yeah, that's right. Did you ever see that um, Stan series, the agent one? That's Did you ever see that? Uh, no. No. I, or maybe I watched like five minutes of it, but it was, I don't, I don't think it captured my imagination. It's a good summer watch. Oh, no. Uh, I know the scene you're talking about. I did, I did watch, I yeah. did specifically find that scene. Where he, he, talks was, about, he was ready like, to go and start laying the bricks. Yeah, I'll labouring. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not fucking sticking around. Um, and then a year later, they get rid of the coach who never liked you. So it's yeah, like, oh, man, yeah. footy sucks That's sometimes. footy, mate. That's, That's footy, mate. That's footy. <laughs> and that is Two Guys, One Cup, my club. Broden Kelly, thank you once again for coming on the show. Pleasure. And go D's and go Saints. I would say talk about the demons, but you predominantly talked about other teams for 90% of the podcast. Yeah, I know, yeah. I just love footy, guys. And I'm, I do – I wish the best for Collingwood. I genuinely do. Um, have a great What's year. What's the other team? Can you tell us the other team? Geelong. Oh, yeah. oh Geelong. That's why this year sucked particularly. <laughs> well, it's funny. Fucking I Geelong. wasn't going to read it out, but there was another Melbourne supporter who said their one dislike for the entire season was Geelong. It doesn't Melbourne, <laughs> mention Melbourne at all. The worst. <laughs> that, that's, no, that's a bit. That's right. right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Broden. Thanks, Charlie. We are two guys, one car. Listener.